Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Matt. And I am Ben. And today, we've got a fascinating subject for you, something that you've probably been thinking about since you were a kid, even if you weren't maybe thinking about the particulars of the weaponization of this thing. But space is something that, man, it just captures the mind, the young mind especially, and uh, perhaps the young mind that's within all of us. Um, when you think about the vastness that's out there, uh, when we're just floating around on this tiny little planet, Mm-hmm. And what are the implications of of bringing our human warlike, you know, uh, our ego mm-hmm. and uh, pushing it out to those outer reaches? Like, what is that? Yeah, right. The uh, in the vast, uh, inconceivable space of the universe, are we the dicks at the party? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> well, it's, that's, a, it's yeah. a weird thing to think about, and, and it's just part of our nature mm-hmm. that we kind of have to at some point, look in the face. No, let me ask you by way of segue, Matt, are you a Star Wars or Star Trek fan? If you had to pick one. I would wholeheartedly throw myself into the Star Trek. Star uh, Trek, huh? Yeah, world there. Any particular reason? Uh, my dad and I, I guess my dad mostly, he got me into in the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really hardcore into that. Remember how everybody flipped out on the first episode of the Next Generation when there was a Klingon as part of the crew? Actually, no, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that, but uh, I did read about that later. 
I'm dating myself. I flipped out <laughs> as a kid. Um, well, the the reason that I ask this is that these are two of the most well-known science fiction, um, I guess the right word would be universes, right? Yeah. Sci- science fiction universes in human history, and um, both of these are heavily centered on the idea that we're going to talk about today in some respect, mm-hmm. which is war in space. Space, 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 space. space. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we uh, have some high-class uh, special effects here. Um, but this this brings up some really important questions because you and I have been exploring this in a bunch of different ways for a very long time. We talked most recently about the intelligence gathering satellite programs, right? Yeah, the Vela satellites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and please go back and watch that episode if you haven't yet. That's one of our, it's one of my favorite latest episodes that we've done. Uh, just talking about the importance of having a wide view, uh, the, the, the wider your view of the earth and the world to be able to look at, say, if there's a nuclear test going on somewhere mm-hmm. or, you know, really just to observe people or observe countries and other powers that you may see as an adversary. Yes. And what we'll be doing in this podcast today, you and I are going to talk about what makes outer space valuable as a, as a frontier, Mm -hmm. right? For nation states, we're going to talk about what legal things might exist or already exist to stop it from becoming a war zone. Um, and then we'll also talk about some of the conspiracy theories regarding militarization or weaponization of space uh, and how much or how little uh, truth is found within these ideas. And how much or how little we actually know about the latest tech. Ah, yes, that's a very good point, because a lot of this, as we'll find, is classified. So first up, we know that the immediate area surrounding Earth in space is just lousy with space junk and satellites. We are the um we are the galactic equivalent of that really trashy neighbor with a bunch of stuff in their front yard and a bunch of non working machines that nobody bothered to clean up. Old satellites just floating around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well and, and it's funny because the the reason that all of that is up there is because we've really been in this race for such a long time to have ha- that wide view, the control and the ability to see and sense things from that level. Uh, because having a satellite in orbit is a huge deal for a country. Yeah, that's one of the big three things that space offers any nation state capable of making the trip, right? Um, the, and it's number one on our list, actually, uh, satellites for intelligence gathering, the ability to see in something close to real time, mm-hmm. what, what your opponents or your rivals are doing presents a tremendous advantage. And in fact, um, may have saved us from war a couple of times. I know it looks like it sounds as though this might, um, drive us into a war, but we do know that the satellite info during the Cold War that Lyndon Johnson received made him realize that the Soviet Union was not building near as many bombs as we thought. And yeah. uh, he famously said, we're building stuff we don't need to build, which must have been a huge, you know, 
um, a huge turnoff for yeah. some some of our friends in the defense some industry. Of the hawks, yeah, yeah. But- well, and another thing that it provides is the ability to see and know in real time what your troops are doing and to communicate uh, from say all you know halfway around the world to and let your other troops know or your other installation know exactly what's going on at all times. Uh, mm-hmm. The communication alone is a huge deal for the military. And that just means exactly what it describes. Some of the biggest innovations, some of the most uh, ambitious R&D programs in the world right now are focused on improving communication. So not so much building a better bomb as building a better way to know where the bombs are, yeah. yours and the other game. And the reason that um, we see this as such a priority is, well, it's kind of disturbing if you think about it, but you know, Matt, for much of human history, empires have fallen and risen based on this weird lack of communication. Like the old theory about, um, now I've never been able to figure out if this is true, but you know, people who think that the Rothschild family runs the world. Mm -hmm. And it is true that no one really can calculate how much money the Rothschild family as an aggregate has. But But we won't go into that. Well, it's a story for another day. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Don't let me digress. But, uh, that old story about, um, about how the Rothschild family was able to figure out what was actually happening, um, during, uh, Napoleonic, uh, I can't remember the exact battle, but apparently was able to get information before the other folks and play the market with it. And that became a huge financial windfall. That sort of stuff is, you know, not necessarily anomalous. Uh, traders have been making money off that for centuries. And now this is sort of closing the gap. And that's not even the last thing. We know what the last thing is on our list of three reasons. Well, yeah, it's being able to intercept the communications of those other countries uh, with your technology that you have up in space. Mm-hmm. And uh, which leads us, I mean, you could just put it right into the NSA. You could, we could talk about so many things here. We could branch off. Wow. This is a, this is a great podcast that we can probably in the future say, Hey, go back and listen to our militarization of, of space podcast. Cause mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about a branch of that. Uh, for instance, as we're recording this, this is the very beginning of 2014. I forgot to say Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody, as we're recording this. You'll probably <laughs> hear it later. Um, but one of the big pieces of news that hit recently as we were coming into the studio is that France and I believe the United Arab Emirates may have just had their intelligence satellite deal scuttled. France was selling, I believe, two intelligence satellites to the U.S. AE and then with the NASA or NSA revelations, excuse me, uh, come to find out that the UAE has a pretty, I'm going to say a pretty fair suspicion that some of the technology in these satellites may have a built in U.S. government run backdoor. So they don't want this to happen because if they pay the exorbitant amount of money to buy these satellites, have them up in space, then what's just constantly sending information back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make what they're doing that that important, I guess. Right. Or- and it's not to say that the UAE or the U.S. are necessarily antagonistic toward each other or something. No, no, no. And it's not to say the UAE has any nefarious uh, means by sending satellites up. It's just 
that kind of that strategic advantage that the U.S. would have mm-hmm. over whatever they're doing, it, it's unsettling at best. So another question is, if this stuff has been going on for so long, which it has, then what, if any, laws exist or govern the way Earth handles space? Well, there's one very important document. With a super sexy name. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it does have one sexy name, which is the Outer Space Treaty. That sounds but, cool. Yeah, it does. But if you read the entire thing, <clears throat> the formal title, The Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, Including the Moon and Other Celestial Bodies. Oh, wow. Be still, my beating heart. But, sexy or non-sexy name aside, this is a... Very important treaty. It's one of the only kind uh, of its sort in in human history, of course, because this is the first time we managed to get to space so often that we had to sit down and, you know, have a town hall meeting about it. Yeah. Um, it and it does some really important things. Now, this was brought into law in 1967, right? Yep. And it brings a lot of the heavy hitters in the space game to the table, and at this point in time, we're talking about the Soviet Union, the U.S., the United Kingdom, and some others. And one of the things that it does that's hugely important is that it says no one can just own space. You know, it's not like a territorial water claim where – which we still haven't figured out in much of the world today, mm-hmm. you know, China and Japan and a couple of other countries are, are in the Philippines are fighting over who owns how much of the water around their countries. Um, but this treaty makes space a little bit like the South Pole. Like yeah. n- no one can own Antarctica. You can build research stations there. Yeah, exactly. And And one of the most important things that it said was that you can send something up into space because nobody owns it, just like with a research station in Antarctica. But and you own that thing that you sent up, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that satellite. It's yours. It's your country's. Um, but you can't. There are a couple things you can't do with it. You can't put any um, weapons of mass destruction up there. It's like no nukes. Yeah, no, absolutely no nukes mm-hmm. or uh, some other kind of crazy space bacterial. I don't know attack. Sure. Can't put that sort of uh, James Bond esque laser beam. Yes, yes. Um, well, see, I don't know about a laser beam. I, I really want to get down into some of the minutiae about that and yeah, how we'll they classify. What is a conventional weapon? Right. We'll get to that part. So, so no nukes. This was a huge part of the agreement mm-hmm. because at this time, if we remember, um, the idea of nuclear war was at the forefront of most people's minds. Um, this also limits the use of the moon. It's supposed yes. to make the moon kind of a, a new Antarctica, only peaceful purposes. Mm-hmm. And, and it has to be used for the betterment of the entire Earth if you put a station on mm-hmm. the moon. You can put a station up there. It just can't be militarized in any way. Right. Can't be a military base. Can't test your moon weapons. And you also can't conduct your military moon maneuvers. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's the idea. But there's something really important that we just mentioned, which is that the treaty does not pro- prohibit bringing conventional weapons into yes. orbit. And Matt, that's why you and I were a little bit, um, a, a little bit hesitant to say that a laser beam had no place in space because what defines a conventional weapon? We'll get to that in just a second. There's another very important part of this treaty, mm-hmm. which said that 
no one can claim sovereignty over the moon by means of use or occupation or by any other means. Yeah. Whatever the hell that means. I don't know if it's like putting the moon on your currency or something. Yeah, putting a giant logo on the moon somewhere. Maybe dropping a flag on there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't uh, know. But we're going to return for this um, this idea because it's important, as we'll find out later when we talk about the future of this. But one thing's for sure. When it comes to the laws, one thing is unambiguously clear. Countries are supposed to own the satellites they launch. Yes. With all that said... Let's talk. Let's talk some tech, right? Yes, yes, yes. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Uh, Jonathan Strickland would love this part. Now, we mentioned the intelligence and reconnaissance satellites, right? Yes, the LRO. The LRO. So the LRO are essentially uh, film cameras that are set up in space that are set to take a certain amount of film that's on the satellite and then launch that sucker back down. So they can be recovered by someone on Earth. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Film? Film. Straight up film, man. Exposing it to light and uh, old school. 
Wow. So before digital cameras, we had satellites in the air, in this, in the space air, taking, yeah. taking photos, um, and dropping that down to go to some sort of top secret version of Kodak Eastman. Oh yeah. And they're, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to me. Just the idea that someone had that idea and was able to get exposure correct and, and get in focus images mm-hmm. of any kind. That's, I mean, that was a task, man. Yeah, and as we found when we were looking at, at these satellite programs, they had a huge failure rate. And the problem was that once you shoot it up there, it's such a gamble. It's not like you can take it back down and fix no. it because we didn't have the technology to get a spaceship there, or at least we didn't have the publicly known technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are satellites like the Vela satellite program. Uh, there's also Keyhole or the KH series and Corona. Uh, just, and the last thing, the craziest thing to me is once it runs out of film, it's just going to float around and not really do much of anything unless you can get back up there and spend the huge amount of money that it would take mm-hmm. to get back there and reload it with film. Not to mention at the time that would have been extremely difficult. Now there's another and perhaps the most mysterious thing that we've included under um under tech, but we don't know too much about it. Right, Matt? Yeah, we might have to come back to this. Uh, and again, maybe in 10 years, we'll do a follow-up to this once yeah. we find out what the heck it actually was. If they ever declassify any of yes. it. Yes, that's the uh, X-37 class of unmanned space shuttles, essentially. Yeah, it's an unmanned, reusable spacecraft it's currently on its third mission Mm -hmm. and it's been up in space for as long as what 12 months before yeah yeah just flying around uh and no one will say anything about what it's officially doing Mm -hmm. uh super classified ben yeah the the pr statement from the i think it's the air force on the lockheed x-37 was something along the lines of well this third mission is going to take lessons learned from the second mission and apply them to uh real life applications we're excited that was it oh i gotta love pr man yeah, I feel sorry for whoever had to write that one. So it's up there. It's unmanned. We don't know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Um, we know that given the capabilities of shuttles, right, that it has, it has some maneuverability that a satellite would not have. Yeah, exactly. But to what end? Yeah, to what end indeed? And is there someone controlling? Um, this is, I really want to just know more about the technology, even, mm. even, well, I'm more fascinated by what the heck its classified mission is, but hmm. I want to know how it's controlled. Is it really autonomous um, or is somebody controlling it the way they would control a predator aircraft, a drone? Yeah. And if so, what's the lag? Yeah. Gosh, man, I just want to know. It's fascinating. So um we will probably have to come back to the X-37 at some other point in time, but there are other conventional weapons that have been used in space that we included under technology, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the most simple one, uh, straight-up handgun, just a, a good old-fashioned 9mm. I don't even know if it was a 9mm or not. All I just know it was a handgun, and it was given to astronauts. But wait, says everybody who knows uh, about physics and space and the lack of <laughs> gravity, uh, wouldn't a handgun be a cartoon? Cartoonishly stupid thing to have in space? Well, look, man, you don't know what you're going to find on the moon, you know? I mean, there could be some crazy stuff going on up there. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a cosmonaut, uh, when you land, wherever the heck you land, if you make it, 
Um, it sure would suck to go to space and to return from space and to be eaten by a tiger or a bear. Yeah, a polar bear just goes, hey, buddy, mm-hmm. welcome back. That's That would be a terrible welcoming party mm, for a cosmonaut. orbit. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, so it is true that cosmonauts did have conventional handguns, but these were not for space use. These were not for games of Russian roulette. These were not uh, for moments when... The S hits the F and things get super real on a space station. Oh, or maybe, you know, I mean, maybe if you're up there and one guy goes a little nuts and decides he's going to wreck the entire thing, because it's it's a tough mental state to be in, yeah, right? It's claustrophobic. So sure. I, I think maybe maybe there was some some scientists who said maybe we should have a plan in place just in case one person goes ape nuts. There's no way you could shoot a gun inside. <laughs> That that tiny little capsule of a habitat. Yeah, yeah though you're right. You're sure. absolutely right. I mean, I guess you could go wild with it and take everybody. I wonder if there was a hunting knife or some kind of knife involved as well. I haven't done any research Maybe. on that. We don't know. I'm sure there's something like a survival kit mm-hmm. included. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to go off the rails. Oh, there, hey, ben. don't apologize. I mean, it's a good question. Maybe one of our listeners, maybe you can write in and let us know about your time as a cosmonaut, if you are allowed to. Um, <laughs> Another thing, though, the, this is also a Russian thing, um, mispronouncing this map, but the Salyut 3 had a cannon on it. Yeah, it did. A 23-millimeter cannon, and it shot satellites, apparently. That's still classified. And speaking of shooting satellites, one of the other big technologies we have to talk about is uh, satellite killing. So a weird thing happened in 2007. China shot down one of their obsolete satellites. Mm-hmm. And they said, we did this as a environmental thing or a testing thing, which didn't really make sense because satellites contain some toxic elements. Um, it was largely seen as a thinly veiled demonstration of um, military prowess. Mm-hmm. And the United States, of course, is not by any means an innocent in the woods here because the U.S. also shot down satellites, right? Yeah, back in the 80s, uh, they used the brand new F-15 to uh, to shoot down one because it could, it could travel at heights that were insane at the time mm-hmm. um, that nobody thought an airplane, an aircraft like that would be able to fly. And again, just kind of a, <clears throat> well, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> I could do this. Yeah. Um, then they did it again in 2008, and many people thought that was kind of an answer to the 2007 uh, China incident. Yeah, um, I'm one of those people, by the way. Well, I yeah, agree. I mean, if you if you watch the news and you look at things like that, you notice that it's posturing. There's a ton of posturing that mm-hmm. happens. Posturing is a perfect word. There's a lot of bro, do you even space <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff going yeah. on. Um, all right, so this brings well, us... Wait, wait, yeah. I'm sorry. Ben, I want to go back just to briefly talk about the Space Wars program or the so-called Space Wars program because that kind of gives us a little mm. background about um, especially the, the satellite killer technology that we put up there. What is the Space Wars program? Well, it's it's the Strategic Defense Initiative Organization, which was put together, uh, well, essentially by a speech that Ronald Reagan gave in Mar- on March 23rd, 1983, mm-hmm. uh, the year in which I was born, Ben. And he basically was trying to find a way to get out of the mutual assured destruction kind of, uh, the pattern that we were in. Okay. Um, and cause that was largely based on offense. 
the idea that we're going to have so many nukes. If you nuke us, man, we're going to nuke the crap out of you. And and the Soviet Union and the United States were both kind of, again, posturing in this manner. Mm-hmm. He thought, well, what if there's a way, and probably a lot of his advisors thought, let's just put that there. Uh, what if we could just shoot down any uh, inter- intercontinental ballistic missile that came our way? Okay, so what if we could just build some sort of net for lack of a better word, that could knock out any ICBM uh, yes. launched toward us. Yeah, and it made a lot of people angry. Obviously, the Soviet Union was a little upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it got a ton of criticism as well because of the amount of tech and the high tech that we would need to be able to do something like this. And it right. was basically a money pit for a long time. Um, and it changed names a couple of times. Uh, I know George HW, George HW Bush changed the name and then Bill Clinton again changed the name mm-hmm. and, and really they changed the focus a bunch of different times. But under this program, there were some crazy weaponry that was at least thought up to go up into space. Okay. Like what? There were, there were x-ray lasers. There were chemical lasers again attached. The idea would you, would be you would attach it to some kind of satellite that would then aim, be able to track and mm-hmm. aim at a missile that's flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had, again, like regular uh, projectiles, lead projectiles that would be shot, targeted and shot. Just rods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also um, using rail, rail gun technology. Mm-hmm. Extremely fast, basically uh, using magnets mm-hmm. to shoot shoot projectiles so fast that they would be able to catch up with an intercontinental ballistic missile. It's just fascinating stuff to me. Yeah, and it sounds incredibly difficult to do. Well, yeah, and and so much money, billions of dollars went into trying to come up with a good way, a good system, and basically it got scrapped. Uh, at least most of it got scrapped. Ah, okay. If I could interject here, this mm-hmm. is the perfect segue. Uh, Noel, could you please toss in a scary music cue. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Perfect. Matt, billions of dollars. Yes. Few public results. Mm-hmm. How much of it was corruption and waste? Certainly a bit. Mm-hmm. How much of it could have been building something else, something classified? See, that's the scary thing when we look at the conspiracy theories surrounding weapons in space. There's very little that people actually know or that has occurred. We, we know some of the stuff and we know a lot of it way later than mm-hmm. it actually happened. If somebody had found out about the keyhole satellites when they were up there, it would have blown their frigging minds. It still blows my mind. So I'm going to rate the conspiracy theories about space. I'm going to rate them as potentially plausible with a big, 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 big caveat. Okay. I didn't even say possible. I said plausible, yeah. which is a big leap, right? Um, that big caveat is simply that not a lot of information exists. And while it's, while it's possible that there's technology generations and generations further ahead than we actually know, what is more plausible is that there's stuff kind of ahead of the curve, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not 30 years ahead of the curve. Maybe five years ahead of the curve. And but think about how how far ahead of the curve five years is now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and think about how possible it is to have an unaccounted satellite. You know, one of the things that really tripped us out was when we found out that um, it is possible to track secret satellites and the group of people who were doing these as hobbyists had been discovered by various governments and those various governments had altered the paths of the satellites. That's amazing. That's not even a conspiracy (laughs) theory. That is a, a, a conspiracy story that is factual. Yeah. And it's interesting that all it takes is a a few interested people Mm -hmm. to just do a little bit of observation and the entire program had to shift. Now, this leads us to something that we want to ask uh, you guys out here listening. Do you think that it is 
Do you think that it's plausible that there would be some sort of weapon like Matt and I have described that would be capable of shooting out an ICBM from space? Um, you know, given that there are other similar programs to the Star Wars initiative that actually have some degree of success, like mm-hmm. the Iron Dome, mm-hmm. um, which protects from rockets in the Middle East, right? Uh, there, and that's all technology that's shot from the ground. Uh, <clears throat> right. But, but it uses satellites to track things, right? Right. And not very well, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. So could there be something like that? What are the space weapon conspiracies that you believe are true? That's what we want to hear about it. Cause we know there are a lot of countries sticking their fingers up there into the inky darkness of space, right? And, uh, what, what are they fiddling with, right? So, Matt, I can't think of a better way for us to go out than the future. Yes, the future. Uh, this is, we're not trying to see the future in any way. We're just going to talk about the path that we're currently on. Yeah, the trends. Exactly. Um, so, the biggest thing is that it's getting, e- not easier per se, but it's getting a little bit cheaper with some of the new uh, ways that we can get up into space. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, especially with the entrepreneurs that are pursuing this. Sure. Richard Branson, for example. Um, and there are privately funded initiatives to even take people to Mars, which we'll see if that ever materializes. But we do know that private individuals and corporations, uh, may well be the torchbearers for the next space race. We also know that the space race is picking up. China, of course, landed on the moon successfully yeah, with the, uh, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce it, Chang'e 3 and a rover called the Jade Rabbit. Yeah, that's, this is one of the more fascinating things that you can do on the internet now is just search, uh, search about that rover and you can see pictures, mm-hmm. uh, brand new, higher resolution photos of the moon now. I mean, it's just, man, it's fascinating. It's, it's taking selfies. It is. And, uh, it's tweeting all the time. It's it crazy. is. Uh, and then India just created their first uh, cryogenic engine, which originally was technology relegated to a few Western powers. Um, but now India has been able to make it domestically. And we can't overemphasize the importance of something like this. These yeah. These kind of breakthroughs make it quite possible that the first person – to ever speak on Mars or the next person to go to the moon won't be speaking English. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Or maybe they will speak English. It'll just be their third or fourth language. Right. Yeah. Uh, it may not be recognizable, mm-hmm. um, to people who speak the old fashioned English. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to leave on an interesting note. We're just going to say this is interesting. So, Remember we said we would go back to Article 2 of the Outer Space Treaty where uh, they said that no one can own the moon. Well, turns out there's some latitude. There's some wiggle room there. And to fix that, there was another treaty just for the moon. And this would be a binding, effective treaty that would have guaranteed that not just the moon, but all celestial bodies fall under international jurisdiction. So not just um, the idea that no one nation can claim they own the moon, but that they all everybody own owns the moon, mm-hmm. right? And so it's an interesting, interesting difference. Um, and it was enough of a difference that no 
country that can go into space signed it. No one said it. Yeah, that's crazy to me. It ties into, um, I think it ties into how much disproportionate power some countries have. Cough, cough, United States. Cough yeah. in the United Nations. <clears throat> um, Western countries have a lot of, a, a disproportionate pull in a yeah. lot of this stuff. I mean, you could say it's not disproportionate given the, you know, percentages of funding and stuff. Um, but geopolitically, a lot of countries said, no way am I going to let the UN own the moon. Well, yeah. And, and let's not forget the dis- disproportionate amount of money that exists in the hands of so very few right now. And just to think about, there are, there are a large number of people now that if they wanted to, they have the means to get into the private space sector, mm-hmm. uh, at least the monetary means to do so. Yeah. And, uh, if things continue to get worse environmentally on this planet, mm-hmm. I wonder how many different small private space, uh, companies will mm-hmm. be born in the next 25 to 50 years. You know what? I think that is. That is a fairly plausible thing that probably the incentive will be to try to reclaim parts of Earth instead. Um, but I could definitely see both of them going that way. And I'll go ahead and say it. I don't know what you think, Matt, and I don't know what you think, listeners, but the future of space travel, I think, is going to be driven by the private industry. I mean, corporations will become the new states. It's yeah, um that's where we're headed. Fairly inevitable, right? Just like states became the new religions. There's a cycle there. Yeah. And perhaps we've said too much already. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so that's it. What what do you want people to mail us this week, Matt? I want to see if any of you are amateur astronomers, I want to see pictures that you've taken. Uh, specifically about Jupiter, because right now Jupiter is extremely cl- uh close to the Earth. And I'd love to see some of those pictures if you're into that. Um, maybe if you've been tracking a satellite, I'd love to know about that. If you can tell us. Oh yeah. If you're really, if you're allowed to tell us. And also one last thing. Let's do a little, let's play a game. Just okay. a, a quick little thought experiment. So let's say you're on a mission. You're an astronaut or a cosmonaut or whatever not you are. You've been sent on a mission to go to a planet. That's far, that's in far outside of our solar system. Okay. And we've confirmed that it contains biological life of some sort. Oh, it's M class. Yes. an M class. You're on this mission and you actually have to go and get out and explore this new planet. What kind of weapon do you want to have with you? I yeah, really want to know. That's a good question. That. Hmm. A positive attitude. <laughs> I'm kidding. A no, good translator. Yeah, nobody picked positive attitude. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible choice. Um, all right, so let us know. You can always follow us on Facebook. We'd love it if you did. Uh, we post a lot of stuff that's not crap. We don't post crap on our Facebook. Um, we also will help you stay up to date with new and fascinating stories if you find us on Twitter. And those two places are some of the best places to ask us for a shout-out on the air, which we just might give you if the stars are in your favor. And there's, of course, one way that you can always contact us directly. That's our email address. Which is conspiracy at discovery.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.